0: It's not a question, you know, whether or not embracing machine learning and AI innovation in the corporate nowadays. It's rather, you know, have you actually set the
1: fundament right within the organization to get at get scale. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. That's Uli Waltinger, Vice President, Artificial Intelligence and IoT at Siemens. At our workshop hosted by Orange in Paris, Uli discussed with our colleague, Meliana various aspects of innovation in the digital age and its impact on businesses, such as leveraging AI and the importance of effective communication throughout the process. We hope you enjoy this episode.
2: Hi, Uli. Nice to have you here. Um, I would like to ask you to briefly introduce yourself, uh, your
0: role and the company uh, So it's a pleasure for being here. Uh, my name is Uli, Uli Bettinger. I work at Siemens and somehow two different roles. On the one side, I'm currently vice president for AI and AIT at Siemens Advanta Consulting, and second, I'm a technical fellow of the Siemens AI lab. So I push innovation around artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data-driven solutions for our own business units, our own factories, but also offering that somehow to our clients outside the world.
2: And. Uh, what would you say are important innovation principles in the digital age?
0: Um, Doing that for now 12 years. So I think uh, um, there's a lot of principles and different direction uh, which we tested out. I guess to no surprise, you may summarize it pretty focused on actually the why that means um, in the first place, uh, identifying What are you actually trying to solve? And in this exploration of what you're trying to solve, you need to speak to clients, uh, to users, right? So the first principle is talk to the world. Talk to actual users, actual customers. Don't start with the technology process itself. Second, talk about um, to what you change, about from from why to what, what do you want to improve? Where does it needs to be actually deployed Accessible, usable, and what kind of business process, and how it can be measured that you you're successful. So depicting the return on the best in that, and then I guess the how, the fun part, you know, data, technology, experimenting, you know, and last but not least, I think is you know, um, test and trial is something which still holds. Be brave and stopping. Give yourself, as an innovation manager, the KPI, how many things you stopped and how many things you started. and It should be a fair fair ratio. Don't stop only, right? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. And uh, uh, what would you say is a good approach to understanding emerging technologies and assessing the impact on your business? Would that be the training, we're uh, seeing testing, or...
0: Usually, you know, Kung Fu, I would say, is a bit of the North Star and foresighting um, uh, agenda. And um, this is what also continues to do is, you know, what is the, the future of factory? What is the future of autonomy? And we reach out to also, again, clients and, and users, but also maybe kids, teenagers, different perspective in there to see how, how they depict the future. And then aggregate this, there's a bit of scenarios down in saying, what does the relevancy? So not in first place, coping with, you know, the current exploring the capability, what they can do or mate could do, but rather where, in which kind of world and what kind of products, what kind of solution, which kind of experiences one to wake or is seated on, on the horizon and then uh, going backwards from these kinds of scenarios to, you know, what are we already? What do we have? And what is on the horizon that can solve that, right? And in current times, AI and machine learning helps you a bit of getting this visionary aspects as well. So from, you know, pretty hippish today, chat CPT, I guess, right? Asking about patterns depicting the future, what happens in five to 10 years. So learning from data, depicting the world, um, but also maybe from scientific aspects, you, you know, we analyzed a bit of scientific literature, obviously, like, you know, what of this visionary thinking of crazy, you know, rider uh, may already be, you know, on the on the convergent of reality and what is still out there. And I think you can learn a lot from the data and exploring, you know, the, the new North Stars for your organization. And uh, what
2: would you say is important when creating those first use cases for showing uh, and value leveraging AI, and what is important in terms of communication along the way?
0: I think that there are two sides of that. The one is use cases for inspiration, uh, which is still valid. Inspiring management, inspiring customers, maybe, right? is something which um, still still holds in early prototyping. That means don't focus on the technical complexity, whether it's doable or not but rather on the showcase itself. Inspiration, getting a buy-in from clients, from users and more principles, and getting a buy-in actually from, from the management. Oh, that's, that's very nice. So this distracts the complexity of the model or the complexity of technology and depicts the values of uh, aspects of actually making it work. The second interface is um, rather the product-centric POCs or prototypes so starting those kinds of innovation journey. And that means um, you don't need to convince anyone that this is of value, that provides value. You went already this path, but um, that means you need to involve um, the critical aspects in your organization to operationalize already at the beginning when you start your POC. That means talking to IT, talking to IT ops, who takes over the service, Um, who who will be accountable for improving that. So these kinds of uh, more software-centric life cycles need to be, these personas need to be in there at the very beginning of your prototype. They need to be at least aware and they will find a role in your project as well. So both sides are equally important, sometimes for budget and ideation scenarios and the other for actually scale at work.
2: And um, let me ask, what are the challenges of developing AI solutions? And especially in the highly regulated and corporate environment, and how how are they solved those
0: challenges yeah uh, it's it's a big question, is it? <laughs> so um, so in on one sense, obviously we are um, in in the corporation, we at the moment current times we look you know with one eye obviously and maybe all, four eyes onto the a- European AI Act, which poses some regulations on how to use um, AI and machine learning. In, in very critical aspects in domains like infrastructure, mobility, applied to HR and person. So these are all application areas um, which are on the horizon to be regulated in some kind of manner, um, which all inter- interface our use cases as well. So that means we, we cannot stand still already um, in terms of how to react on that in the regulation market. What we... What we um, Approaching that is, we started five years ago an approach which is called Responsible AI, um, a framework where we make transparency about the capability of machine learning systems um, and its AI application, also based on the collection of AI use cases back in the days, were already given in Siemens. But also make a transparent what kind of risks we uh, integrate with those kinds of use case scenarios and this is then fueled by the third level which is mitigation actions mitigation levels, uh, and levels which we enforce um, so therefore we we, we, we try to provide structured frameworks and instruments um, to be transparent about um, both value as well as risks, and give at least first indication about um, mitigation scenarios one can take as a manager in deciding that um the second aspect um, is maybe the aspects of regulation itself we are corporate we have you know like data protection person protection software releasing right we have processes in there which which makes which also holds for machine learning and ai innovation to be think of here and second aspects we invest highly in into the people and persons to for upskilling and training to contextualize to understand and give diverse perspectives on the development of the software in the the age of AI and this fuels all in together in being an active member also outside um, the corporation on the European level but also with cross-companies such as initiatives like here in engaging and sharing best practice how do you cope with uncertainty in machine learning.
2: And uh, what are the opportunities of AI Uh, and what about uh, okay you mentioned the concerns uh, let's
0: talk about the opportunities. Yeah, opportunities are easy, right? If uh, if you have two companies and the one um, uses AI for the product development, product services, and the other not, um, your competitor will have ten to fifteen to twenty percent more revenue, more income, more scalable. So it's not a question, you know, whether or not embracing machine learning and AI innovation in a corporate nowadays. It's rather, you know, have you actually set the fundament right within the organization to get a get scale. So I think the opportunities are broad and we see if you look at, at Siemens in all different dimensions, AI is applied to HR, to communication, to sales, um, to product development, to design, to service. Um, it's You will see in all products and, and processes this has been on the road and has been already partly being implemented. So I guess... Um, nobody needs to convince now the management that of the opportunities and the value of AI and machine learning uh, in the current times.
2: Well said. And uh, <laughs> uh, what approaches and methods do you use to test and validate specific value propositions or solutions?
0: Yeah, that's, that's I think, the big, biggest uh, struggle and challenge as we... Um, we have two different phases in the organization embracing digital and AI technologies uh, in the last, I don't know, five years, I guess, five, six years. The first phase, the last, the first phase was about exploration and upskilling and getting, getting the hands a bit on, on tech, digital technologies. So that means the, the actual um, investment, I would see rather from HR perspective and people in organization and development perspective in, releasing funds of getting people acknowledged digital technology. So this has shifted now in terms of the funds come from product development, product and service development. And in product and service development, um, Mm -hmm. funds need to be uh, traced down basically on value proposition and business case and, and ROI calculation. And that's why I think it's important to have and also embrace in the world of AI, there are specifics, ROI, return on investment calculations, and also value quantification approaches and metrics to embrace through. And this, I think, needs to be be transparent. And it's not a magic, uh, obviously, in how to approximate these return on invest and value assessment being done. And
2: um, what would you say if we talk about the culture? How does this digital revolution impact the culture inside of the company?
0: I see a uh, great enthusiasm as, um, and you see the hype. Um, you know, the, I guess in current times, I'm sorry to need to quote that again, but the hype on ChatGPT, which currently being, you know, buzz across all the world, is a nice aspect that uh, it is the fastest, um, a successful platform in terms of user within days, one million and five days, right? User adoption. So and. Though AI and and especially these large language models are super geeky, right? So what has changed here is that this enormous amount of people, you know, make use of that service is the accessibility and the excitement. And I think this is something which you already see in certain kinds, not entirely to the entire organizations, but you see the exciting and actually leveraging digital technologies and AI technologies. It need to be accessible. So we need to pull it out of this, oh, only for data scientists and data engineers into rather personas, which we call analytics translator um, or um, AI enthusiasts. That means, you know, um, having not a math or computer science degree, but still having fun and thinking about your own value proposition and value creation in your business unit, in your shop floor, in your aspects. So the empowerment um, of of every employee to be their own digital transformation officer, uh, using you know AI technology, which will be the excellent tomorrow. I'm, I'm convinced.
2: And when we talk about the empowerment uh, of people, how to be, be, become digital savvy, um, uh, how how would you empower them? Do you have do you have any uh, use case?
0: So the, um, the it's it's a tough thing, right? Process engineer um, you know, focused and very, very competent in the in the in the process landscape, in the domino how, but not not in terms of, you know, how to apply machine learning. So what we do is what we call on the one side um, a training mechanism, training and upskilling is part of the agenda. If every employee opens the dashboard, the home and has on the right side a small icon which says like how many trainings hours you've performed. Management board is incentivized to training um, also on their KPIs, incentive systems. Like board members are incentivized to continuously train their organization. So that's a good signal from top down, I would say, and a good transparency from bottom up. So like how many trainings I have, I have embraced this year and where I'm this week, right? Second aspect, so awareness is the one thing. Second aspect is empowerment on using own technology. And this is by us. Uh, in an initiative called Low Code, No Code powerment. that means how can we apply without programming knowledge and data science knowledge certain kinds of flows? And there are tools out there. We have high ambitions in teaching, training, and upskilling more than five digit number, um, uh, actually six up, up to six digit number in using these kinds of um, um, technology, low code, uh, flow based engines. Basically, if you look on, on white color. Workforces getting rid of the paper, getting rid of the axles, even that they're continuously updated, and into a bit of cloud to workforce lifecycle.
2: And uh, from your perspective, what would be the next technological transformation that needs attention?
0: I, I could say the um obviously everything is around metaverse now the light goes up and the metaverse is until <laughs> then um interesting concepts still observing i must admit uh, i do get quite i do, i find it quite interesting um the new hype on vr ar i think it's um it's it was it, it took already a bit of years uh, still not picking it up um simulation is something which I'm, to, I'm I'm totally believed a part of uh, simulation and interaction and digital identities in this metaverse concept is something which I I, uh, I see um, for me and in especially in the machine learning and AI space um, we we are in the third level of AI uh, uh, technologies first level was about what we call gradient based machine learning system very focused task-oriented Uh, machine learning system in terms of you know classifying cats, dogs, ads and so on so very narrowed down task currently we are in making sense of unstructured information speaking on large language models like um, assistance and stuff like that and we're already fueling that uh, moving from the NLP and making sense of natural language processing and language technology to the reinforcement learning uh, stack that means continuous um, um, improving and adapting. Um, we are early, very, very early, still there. And not many systems are there which can take feedback and being tuned and um, and improved over the interaction. Um, the success of of OpenAI shows already the, the game changer was the reinforcement learning, the continuous improving. You can interact and teach the system at scale, and I think this when continues um, and including fact checks that certain kinds of aspects are to learn, these systems will continuously improve themselves. And the speed of innovation that we see through this technology, even so very geeky and will be amazing.
2: I look forward to that. (laughs) And uh, what would you say, uh, let's talk about lessons. What would you say is the biggest lesson or most important, not even biggest, uh, that you learned in your current role?
0: Um, hire smart people (laughs) which are more smarter than you if you're the smartest dude in the room ain't gonna moving anywhere Um, second trust the people and I see that throughout from working student to management Um, if you empower them and give them kind of psychological safety room to they will have their own drive in operating things as usually everybody does. But if you give them the freedom and reduce the risk of doing something wrong, uh the performance is lightening, I must admit. Um and um stay bold. Stay bold, don't don't increment, stay bold.
2: And how hard would you say that linking trust to people in your team is? It's hard for
0: um, yeah. yeah, so I think um, it's, it's for both sides. Well, there's all. Then a bit of a, um, a learning and a journey to take, um, keeping with responsibility and embracing responsibility um, because it's easy to so say, like, you have to do that, that, and that. Uh, so narrow it down on task level. Um, it's easy, and for somebody who enters maybe new in a team, I said like, "What do I need to do?" If I say like, "You figure out," right? But uh, you need to tell me what should I lift, shift up, feature X, right? No, you figure out. Um, so I think um, it enforces a stronger um, depicting the target, a stronger vocabulary and specification of the target where we want to go, but. Um, Making it all transparent, that how we how we go there um, is on on the people's side. that's that's, I think for, for uh, creates for both sides frictions and uncertainties, but it's a great learning move forward. And once um, this is embraced, the speed is is awesome and
1: empowerment.
2: Thank you, Lee. Thank you for answering.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to the latest episodes, the video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. Mark your calendar for 7th to 9th November and join us in Copenhagen, Denmark for the Innovation Roundtable Summit, the world's largest gathering of corporate innovators. Secure your attendance now at exclusive discount rates of up to 30% until October 13th. Learn more at innovationroundtable.com slash summit.